If you're hearing me now, it's either election day or the next president of the United States has been chosen. I for one want to ask the question, how the hell did we get here? Clinton versus Trump was a long road that nobody really wanted to see coming, and almost certainly everyone wanted it over. Brian McGovern and Edric Dudang helped me discuss such things and hopefully make sense of it all, so we can put it to rest and look forward. Uh, hello, everybody. My name is Michael Luck, and I'm joined with Brian McGovern. Hey, you. And Edric Dudang. And, Bonjour. And welcome to this edition of Car Talk. No, I'm I'm kidding. We just really don't Can have you a... get your muscle cars? <laughs> we just don't have a name for this podcast yet, still. No, so the election is tomorrow. Yeah. It's a, oh it's, my gosh! It's a it's a crazy time, gentlemen. We've made it this far. We've made it to the end. Uh, the light is at the end of the tunnel. Oh my uh, gosh! Finally, what a roller coaster this has been. I know Edric for a fact probably will not be able to sleep tonight. But how about you, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll try to sleep. Edric's too busy, like, checking the states and refreshing the page on 538. <laughs> well, they're actually going to yeah. close by the 538 model because they're replacing it with something else during the election. Mm. Yeah. And, I mean, it's yeah. how do we feel a little bit about, like, when when we start to get the countdowns during the day of voting? Because I feel like that, that appeals to the people who are like, nah, it doesn't really matter or I shouldn't even, you know, like, people should still, the message, it's clear that they should go out and vote. But I feel kind of iffy sometimes with like day of election numbers and kind of thing. Like, just give it to me. Let let Wolf Blitzer make it official at the end of the night. <laughs> I just yeah. Keep... Oh my gosh, I don't want to hear the CNN's coverage. It's gonna be so boring because you have well Anderson Cooper's there, which is nice. But then you have like Wolf Blitzer, like like because yeah, usually because usually when the CNN calls something like calls a state or whatever they have Wolf Blitzer I don't know why would they have Wolf Blitzer he's like the most melancholy voice ever <laughs> like have someone like Don Lemon or like someone with a really uh, powerful voice <laughs> I guess they want the guy I guess they want the guy that looks and behaves the most neutral to be able to build this stuff out. <laughs> you mean the guy who looks more like the numbness than like the one who yeah. shot with uh, painkillers or something? Yeah. <laughs> See, that's why I kind of want to watch like um, the election like by myself because I can watch CBC's coverage because it's like better. And has Peter Mansbridge and Canadians and blah, You mean TVC's coverage said every five seconds is, when we come back, we'll let you know how this affects Canada. <laughs> yes. It will, though. You know. But, like, uh, to, to get back on track, at least, there's a question I have about the polling. And it's the fact yes. that for, I guess, like the past month, maybe even more than that, straight, it was just like a new poll this and a new poll that and all these polls were all over the place and obviously the online curated ones are kind of nonsense but the ones um with like the the carefully incubated people to come up with these numbers are a completely different thing but still they're all their own set of numbers and when you 
it's really hard to keep track of like how accurate do you think these things are actually going to be? I'm like, yeah, sure. If you look at um, 538s, who will win the presidency? And like Hillary Clinton has like a larger chance of winning than Trump does. This guy has admitted that he was wrong before about like Trump getting the candidacy in the first place. Yeah, that was Nate Silver. Yes, he was totally wrong about getting the endorsement, uh, getting the Trump getting the nomination. So, um, I mean, weren't we all though? Huh? Didn't we all like Bill Moore had this pretty much had like a panic section in his latest show where he interviewed Obama, who's kind of like, you know, I'm not fucking around anymore. Like, I joked about this at the beginning, and I said he wouldn't get. Like he ran and it was just a joke, and then he started winning poll, uh, winning in some polls, and and we joked, there's no way he's gonna win any, <clears throat> any actual states, and then he won states, and then there's no way he's gonna win the the nomination, and then he got the nomination. So he just kind of built it up in this very scary way of like, let's don't kid yourself of like you saw this from the beginning. Like we all joked to ourselves and we all like we're like uh, he's just gonna last like a month and nobody really cares and blah blah blah, and then, you know, here we are. Yeah, because, like, the projection right now is that Trump clearly has no chance in winning, but yeah, there's yeah. a part of me that is super skeptical about that. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's because there, there's been hyping up that there's, like, a silent majority of Trump voters that are just going to pop up and, and vote for him. Um, and so, and he, and, and, you know, he's a really fringe candidate. I mean, every pundit and every pollster kept saying that he's going to lose the nom- the like the nomination. And then he won the nomination. And then he couldn't go above 40%. And he went above 40%. And so, like, popular vote. So he's the, really the, been the consistently, like, betraying everything. Yeah, but the difference is that, like, the, the, the election, this is everyone, right? But in the Republican race, that was because the Republican Party was stupid enough to let it happen. I mean, I still want to believe that the American people are not stupid enough to let this happen. And also, I mean, do you see Trump getting more numbers than like uh, Romney? Like, it's as long as as long as uh, Clinton gets more than Romney, that's good enough because he's not breaking that number. Like, he's not passing that. Well, there's a good chance that he might break Romney's numbers. Um, <laughs> yeah. I just, I, I don't know. I just. It's, it's from a pure mathematical point, like, I feel like a lot of people are still afraid to this, to this night and with good, like, uh, reasons because they have to go out and vote tomorrow. But, you know, I feel like a lot of, uh, statisticians have called this already or you can see the trend of where it was going. Like, yeah, there's been dips and, and changes, but I still don't, I still never saw this narrative of like, here it is, the Trump comeback. Like, they try to make it happen, but it never really materialized and it never really became yeah. like, Oh, and here's winning him and here, and here's winning, like, you never, you know, obviously yeah. he's gonna get the Republican, Republican states, and Republicans, like we mentioned last time, Republicans are coming home, where, you know, they're gonna have to, when it comes down to it, like, they're gonna have to vote for him, because just seeing the name Clinton makes them, makes their blood boil. So, <laughs> yes, I don't know. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a crazy time, but I feel like, again, we haven't seen this solid reason that Trump would take it in a surprise, shocking fashion. And if it does, well, you know, check your airports tomorrow because lots of Americans are coming in. <laughs> Maybe that we was should... a very interesting story because Cape Breton did like um, this one Cape Bretoner um, created a website for like Cape Breton for Trump 
I mean, uh, for Trump fleers or something. And he actually got lots of traffic in that website because it shows, like, Cape Breton and its beauty and its tourism thing. And the tourism actually shot, got shot up by 14%. So, so I think that people were actually surveying the area and seeing, like, they would probably settle if the Republican nominee would be elected. So that was funny. <laughs> um, but, yeah, um, uh, the polls do show that Clinton does have a lead. Um, a lot of people are hyping up the fact that this could be the sound majority that Trump will, you know, um, you know, uh, rise up and whatever. But then the, I would counteract with that in saying that the voter turnout when it comes to the Hispanics and Latinos, oh, I think they're both the same, um, <laughs> as, is like doubled. It's like, it's insane. Right. Like, yeah, it, there's so much early voting when it comes to that community. In Florida, in Nevada, and in, I think in some parts of North Carolina and Arizona. Well, well remember, Edric, the Democrats are doubling these people by, you know, getting them to vote twice. Don't forget about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, really, I'm really happy to hear that, that the Latino community is going out to vote. Especially, I remember uh, reading some stories on Univision that on Arizona, the two competing Latino TV channels were kind of aligning themselves and saying like we're gonna build this campaign to let people know like you know where are your voting times and where you should do this and where you should do that because the as we know the 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 it comes down to the latino vote and and, and the african-american vote that's where a big divisive section is yeah mm-hmm. it's and that's that's good that a lot of those people are encouraged to go out there. And there's something about the Trump side that just makes me think of that one episode of The Simpsons where um, um, uh, Bart is running for class president and he's got this gigantic campaign going and he like wins the the popular vote. But at the end of the day, nobody really votes for him. <laughs> I, I want to see that outcome with Trump <laughs> just a bit. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 totally. Like he's yeah. distracting all of these people with all of his nonsense that everybody just kind of forgets to go out and vote for the guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you have, and you totally have that sense of it. And the idea, and the fact that uh, the Hispanic voters are so mobilized and so incentivized to vote and to vote against this man. Um, it's just really energized the community, and um, and Clinton's ground game to mobilize that community is quite terrific. Um, so yeah, it's going to be very interesting um, when we see the percentage of Hispanics support Clinton than than Trump. But, well, there could still be some Hispanics that would vote for for Trump. You know, you never know. You never. Yeah, really... I, yeah, yeah. There's some Cuban Americans that. Um, is one sector of a uh, the Latino community that will probably most of them would vote for Trump, but then you know is that the group that like after they endorsed Trump he was like as you know the Cubans have endorsed me now like, <laughs> yeah 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 and um, but you know let's not forget like Clinton is ahead in women um, like all women uh, especially minority voters but also in like white women as well so um, she has that woman vote in there. But we'll see. I mean, you know, while Clinton does have a really good lead, anything can happen tomorrow, which is scary. Yeah. Uh, so then let's actually move this conversation over to the states themselves. And and where do you th- think that some of the 
states, especially the ones that could go either way, are going to lean. Like yeah. it's it's fair to say the ones that are already blue and the ones that are already red are probably going to stay that way. Yes, you're yes. saying California. You're saying Trump is not going to vote. Uh, is going to get California. <laughs> I love that when he was in the New York primary, he said that he would like win New York in the general election. And there's no way how it's going to happen. No. No. <laughs> New York takes a lot of pride in their liberal ideas. So. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, let's move on to the states. And I think the 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 biggest state that I think we're all going to be watching tomorrow is the Sunshine State, which is Florida. Um, <laughs> Because mm-hmm. it is incredibly crucial to Trump's victory, and if Clinton does take Florida, like it, it is almost game over for Trump. Because twenty nine electoral college votes is insane, and uh, it's a huge, it's a huge uh, amount of votes. And even if like uh, Clinton does take the traditional blue states like Minnesota, and Wisconsin, and Michigan, whatever, she can still win. So. So Florida is definitely Trump is really eyeing that. And uh, what do you think, Brian? Do you think that it's gonna go for Trump or going to go for Clinton? I think I think Florida will probably lean towards Clinton. It, it it's uh, right now as I'm looking at it on on the 538 website, the latest mm-hmm. it says that it's Clinton has a 58 54.8 sorry chance of taking it. Mm-hmm. There's there's you know Florida has a beautiful relationship with the presidential presidential election. <laughs> 2000 like, election remember that yeah yeah oh man that was fun well <laughs> it was like i was only six years old but obviously i read the you, you you felt you felt al gore's pain though you, you felt it oh yeah that's that's um so i i, I imagine that it'll, it'll go clean like again a lot of the states that are dominated by latino communities i just i feel like they've done the democrats have done a good job of yeah, making them, um, then making them participate. I would go for Florida as well towards Clinton. Uh, it's just the amount of like um, I've just been seeing a lot of early voting lineups there. Like the Latino community is completely mobilized and against Donald Trump. And not to mention that um, uh, it's just she's been campaigning there a lot. And obviously Donald Trump has been campaigning there as well. But then has um, she spent most of her time? In Florida, I think so. Uh, I think Florida is, I think, her most traveled website. Then I think Pennsylvania is next. Okay. Um, so it, it just shows how important the state is. But um, but yeah, I think uh, Florida will lead to Clinton because of the huge um, Hispanic vote, and I don't think that there's enough whites that Donald Trump can tap into, unless the yeah, Cuban Americans just completely tilt over and just like all of them vote for Trump. But that's highly unlikely, considering that Clinton is very favorable with women. <laughs> yeah. There besides all the white people are too busy chasing alligators and whatnot. <laughs> now yeah. a, a state that I'm really curious what what your thoughts are guys is North Carolina because obviously oh, they've, yes. been, they've been under the spotlight of all the yes. all the, the, the laws that they've tried to pass that very clearly target the minorities in there and now letting them vote. However, uh, I think what early voting showed that Hillary wasn't might not get it. No, no. Early voting was actually very strong again. Uh, okay. For, for um, yes. God, this internet headlines are not great. So that's <laughs> that's that's you know that's a good lesson out there. You know, you gotta trust the real websites. Uh, so yeah, like after after the debacle they had there and and, and those laws that they're trying to like push down on voting from African Americans, mm-hmm. do you think the state will actually 
be for Hillary? I, wouldn't you, wouldn't you kind of think though that if there is suppression of black voters, that these black voters would still try to do their best to fight on and like vote in any way that they could? I mean, they're not as energized as 2012 because, you know, um, an African American person is not running for president. It's just a white woman. So just that alone, like, you know, and plus it's Clinton and all her baggage. So it's going to be. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess um, so. Yeah. So they're like, it might be just like the final nail to the coffin, final nail to the coffin where they don't vote. So, but I guess um, like if, if they were savvy enough people over there, uh, I, isn't the voter suppression more of a Republican thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, 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 it is a more Republican thing, yes. So if they were really strong about who they wanted to vote for, then I don't know, I could see yeah. North Carolina coming up Democratic in that respect, but. Yeah, yeah, you're totally right, yeah. Right now, the New York Times, its latest pulled, uh, sorry, its latest survey released on Monday had the state tied 44 for each candidate. Okay. So. Yeah, this is this I mean, is probably the closest state out of all the elections, which is North Carolina. One um, of the most important ones. Yeah, one of those important ones. Well, Donald Trump needs to win this one. It has how many electoral college votes? Um, it has fifteen electoral college votes. So it's very, it's that's a lot, and um, he needs this one. Um, to be honest, like I have no opinion of where the state's gonna lean because Mitt Romney won it in in twenty twelve. It, but it was only like a thousand votes, like around a thousand, thousand five hundred votes. So yes, yeah. it's narrow, but then you know it does have Republican leanings, and yes, there is a growing Hispanic population, but it's it's still quite Republican, and um, so I'm I'm actually not sure where where the state will go. Um, so yeah, uh, is there any other states that catch your eye? Yeah, Nevada, Nevada is going to be Nevada is probably the third most um, important battleground state for Trump because it's the most likely thing that he can win. Um, I would say it's going to go for Clinton, mainly because it is Democratic. Nevada is um, leaning Democratic in some sort of way, and there's a growing Hispanic population there. So, and, like, if you look at the early voting sites in Nevada, oh my gosh, it's huge. Like, people are waiting in line for, like, two hours, and um, so she's, I think she has a lead there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. And Charlotte sends mad again. The five thirty eight right now has it as Clinton with a fifty seven point six percent. And as you mentioned, the key thing, the Latino community in this in this in this part of the country, like is is supporting Clinton in a major way. And you know, it's gonna be real funny for Donald to see him lose Nevada and where he has his casinos and other garbage. <laughs> Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just kind of poetic justice in that sense, though, right? Because all he, of his failed businesses in Nevada. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yes, yes. Um, I have an unpopular opinion. Um, go it's going to be very interesting when I when I say this, but I think Ohio is going to go for Clinton. Mm, like, I was going to say something about that. Yeah, I think <laughs> Ohio is going to go for Clinton, despite like the last ten polls are like negative towards her. Yeah, I still think that she's going to win. I have no idea. Now, <laughs> Ohio was was famous for being one of the few uh, states in the Republican race that let, actually, you know, let Kasich take it, and he he's been a big 
anti-Trump person, so I'd be interested to see how his his voters uh, go in that aspect. And you know, as you may know, on Sunday, LeBron James campaigned for Hillary. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a huge endorsement. <laughs> because, because... <laughs> no, no, like less. I think that's one of the biggest endorsements ever. But nice. but she she does need to mobilize the like Cleveland and um, I, I forgot the other cities. <laughs> Cincinnati. <laughs> Cincinnati, um, she needs she needs to mobilize those communities and having like a huge star like LeBron James like come in, and he's like a hero in Cleveland. <laughs> so um, yeah, we'll well, see. fun fact, yeah. he won the NBA championship for, for the city on on, uh, mm-hmm. on the, over the summer. But I mean, mm-hmm. uh, LeBron had endorsed Hillary a while ago. He did a little a little uh, story well, he's on. Busy, him. like you know, he's still he's still in NBA. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it doesn't hurt. Like, it it helps a lot. And his message, which is very important, right? Of like, I grew up around in the communities where we thought our vote didn't matter, but it really does. So, come out and vote and what, blah blah blah. I don't know. I mean, like, I feel like it, it'll it'll come closer to what you expect. I don't know if Clinton will take it. It it would be you know, incredible, but it'd be closer than, than what you would expect. And you all want to have a bet? I, I'm down to have a bet. <laughs> I'm not good at bets. <laughs> I satisfy your the inner gambler and all of you guys. <laughs> but yeah, I think Ohio is gonna. Um, I don't know. Like scientifically, it should go for Trump because it does have the white uneducated uh, uneducated college degree white voters mm. that he's so um, favoritism as, and Ohio is a really good population of that. Plus, there's not much Latinos there. So that's where the demographics is shifting towards him, but it's still like, like I, I, I feel like I feel it, you know, I feel it. <laughs> you feel it in the bones or something. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess I mean, if he feels it, we're just gonna have to anticipate that change tomorrow. Yes, yes. Uh, but um, you were saying, Brian? Sorry. No, yeah, I mean, like, I agree that. Yeah, I'm. I'm surprised. I mean, I'll be very interested to see how how it turns out, and I don't. I don't expect a win for yeah. for Clinton, but I I expect the result to shock a lot of people, and especially in a year where, you know, Republicans could lose the House and could lose like yeah. a lot of what they have hold, hold dearly, oh. and maybe maybe finally get rid of freaking Cruz and McConnell. Like if they oh, lose the House, they know exactly why they lost the House. Oh, there's no way they're gonna lose the house. But like, just saying yeah, that if they, do, if they do, if they do, oh yeah, it's gonna be bad. If they were to lose it, and you know, the heads of the Republican Party are looking at each other like, who do we blame? Who do we ex- exile? Like, you can't exile uh, Trump because he's already gone. He's already like, screw you guys. I'm <laughs> Trump TV is coming out in, in, in December. <laughs> get ready for it. <laughs> so, you know, like. It, it, it'd be interesting to see, like, Paul Ryan obviously needs to get a big part of the blame, and Kasich and, and the, the Republicans who were against Trump from the beginning need to, like, step up and make sure that they are in charge for the next time. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I mean, I'm afraid. I'm afraid that yeah. we're going to, like, like I mentioned last time, like, we're just going to, this is gonna, this election is going to be over, and then we're just going to, all Republicans are just going to get away with it. Just yeah. going to say, oh, you know, whatever, like, what well, happened, but we're still in control. We have to put a fight against Hillary, and, and you know. Yeah, well, I'm still going to say what I said last uh, episode, is that I really think that there's going to be a critical shift in the Republican Party, uh, whether that just changes the party altogether or 
some people break off from that party. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, hopefully. Yeah. That's the thing that the Republican Party doesn't understand that they could make a, like they could have so much better position, like because people are hungry for that, like you know, center to write somewhat right-leaning views, but right. not mm-hmm. a crazy person <laughs> that can like be tough on issues that they care about, but also like not be a fucking idiot when it comes to uh, women's rights and the climate yeah. change. Right. And people are, people are very hungry about that, but you know, they don't know, they don't get it. So they still put out, put out these clowns forward and, you know, yeah. we get Trump. <laughs> so, you, know, you know what the, one of the interesting things about this election was like um, everyone was like raising their eyebrows when Trump announced that he was going to campaign in Michigan and Wisconsin, which was like the weirdest thing ever. Like everyone was like completely uh, <laughs> uh, like having their eyes rolling as like why are why is he campaigning there? And, uh, and apparently it's because they they realize like um, there's a lot of white uneducated college voters there, um, so. Um, so yeah, so that's why they kind of wanted to go to Wisconsin, Michigan, because because they feel like oh, Nevada's going to go to you know Nevada's going to go to uh, Clinton, and Florida's probably going to go to Clinton. So but, like we need these traditional blue states, but then I don't think that's happening. Mm-hmm. There was a rally in Michigan where like people were like lining up. Well, I, I don't want to say that rallies are is an indicator of, like you have really good support, but then you know I think it's still going to be Michigan is such a there's no way Michigan's gonna go. <laughs> I'll eat a, I'll eat my toe at Michigan. I'm just joking. But... I'll look no, forward I, to I, a toe eating video then. <laughs> I, yeah. I I agree with that sentiment, but I I mean, again, I, you you gotta wonder like who's running this campaign? Who's who's out there? Who's inside the Trump campaign saying like, oh, we got a good chance at Michigan? Like, no, no, you don't. And like, who 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 are these people who just don't like? don't know how to run a campaign so i could perfectly see them being like oh we heard that we can have some you know we're gonna have some good good numbers in there make a rally and you know that trump bases a lot of his stuff on like how many times has he said like look at all the people in here like there's no way we're gonna lose mm-hmm. yeah. yeah uh but speaking of yeah. running campaigns there's a lot of crazy things that happen this election season uh, but I want to hear yeah. from either of you guys. What do you think was the most overrated story to come out of it? Oh, you go, Brian, because I know I'm pretty sure I know what you're gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, let's let, let's let's take a moment to appreciate not well not appreciate, but actually like kind of shake our heads and, and take a moment to breathe in the sense that this election cycle has been insane. Oh I yeah, know. there's a lot of moments actually. There's a lot of <laughs> overrated like bonanzas. Uh. Like. <laughs> I, I absolutely loved uh, Seth Meyers had a, a segment last week, I think, where he kind of compared the two candidates in the sense of the, you know, like for the end of the <laughs> Yes, I saw uh, that too. Who are saying like, oh, but it's so hard, you know, like there's, they're both so bad and blah, blah, blah. And he mentioned how, you know, Hillary, like, oh, one candidate is being investigated by the FBI in, a, in, a, in an email pro for a for private server. And then another candidate, and he goes on like a one, like a two minute thing where he just like saying literally everything that Trump Like in a barrage of like what Trump yeah, has done throughout their campaign. Comparing the two and saying like, oh, it's so tough, it's so hard. Which one do you, how do you choose? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like, um, like can you name top three or like do you think that you, you really have like the most whatever overrated? I think, 
I think in the sense of overrated, like, I'm just going to go with the emails because, mm-hmm, I mean, everything yeah. Trump has said to this point, like, just proves that he's a crazy person, which we've known before. But, you know, like this, again, the Republican Party has let this happen. But uh, Vox had an excellent story last week, I think, about how, you know, the, the, the scandal is not that the emails are there. The scandal is that we, as a, as a public, we let this bullshit story become the center of everything that's wrong with Hillary in a sense that there's no proof of anything wrong in there. Like the FBI has has said, like the conclusion was, yes, like this is very inappropriate that they, they handle information this way. But it, at no point was there any like crime committed with this stupid private email just because she didn't want to like use her gov email. It's yes, ridiculous yes. that we let this become such a huge element of this race. And, and when, like, uh, Democrats, even not even Democrats in, in the party wanted to use that against her while they were campaigning, like, the famous Bernie quote of, like, I don't, I don't think anyone wants to hear about your damn emails anymore, because <laughs> yeah, it's, not, right. it's not a matter of actual, you know, it's not a policy, it's not, it's not a pro-life, pro, like, it's, there's nothing about it that, that, that makes you, like, oh, you know what, like, she lied, like, she didn't want to use this stupid .gov email because she probably couldn't figure it out or whatnot. And that's yes. why we're like, catch her, jail, kill her. You know, it's insane. Yeah, yeah, that's that. That's totally like the emails is probably like the biggest overrated thing that I've ever seen in in any election, actually. Um, yeah, it, it was just in news cycles and then for for weeks, and has haunted her for 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 a few years now. <laughs> so yeah. that's so yeah. But well, what's, I think, what's yours, Edric? Um, I think, well, I think emails is definitely my first one. But I think um, my second overrated story is probably, um, like, the Bernie or Bust movement. I feel like that was so, that was so weird. Um, I don't know why that was, that was, like, it's one of those movements where, like, what do you hope to gain like, when you, if you, if you do not support like they they say they won't they say they're gonna vote for Trump or whatever to just to just spite Hillary and they're gonna they're not gonna vote at all and I know that you're mad but you have to have like you know a future where you're going to go with your vote right like this isn't a time for protest votes and I feel like oh you can totally vote for third parties even if you if you want that but you can't just like disavow this person who has a ninety three percent voting record with Bernie on many bills. They they voted no, the same no, it doesn't count man. Bernie or bro Bernie <laughs> or Bud, man. Yeah, exactly. I think that was I think that was completely um not connected with reality. Um and so this you know is that where the Clinton hate goes, you know, like the fact that Bernie can stand in Clinton rallies and say, Here's the person you should vote, I lost in a fair rate. Well, you know. Fair with air quotes. Let's just say that stupid Democratic convention idiots. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and, but, and, and, and the, people can still say like, oh, Bernie, you should have won it. You should like, dude, like relax. You'd realize that if Clinton wins, Bernie becomes like the fourth most powerful person in the U.S. Yeah, he's come with the Senate budget, Senate director budget committee. That'll be so amazing, right? Yeah, they don't get that. Like, like I saw this on Tumblr of all freaking places, like a thing of some <laughs> people being like, Hey, hey guys like remember if Ber- even if bernie like didn't got it he's gonna become like he, he's gonna have a great place in the clinton in the, in the clinton administration so relax like it'll still be great 
but mm. people just don't understand it. That's nuts. Yeah. Tumblr's never the voice of reason for anything. But like I have to agree, uh just with the sense of the emails being super overrated. Um, because when I feel like when you often uh, talk to people about why they wouldn't want to vote for Hillary or why they th- think um, that she is a bad choice, I really do not feel like the American people actually have an answer for that reason. Yes, they just know I that they her. don't like her, but they don't understand why they don't like her, and mm-hmm. that is there's like I guess there is just a stigma around being a Clinton. That is really hurting her campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yes. But yes. I mean, with somebody like Trump running against you, <laughs> she's kind of looked a little bit nicer here and there. Even yeah, though she's true. going to a lot of these rallies with like celebrity guests like Beyonce and Lady Gaga and JC. JC. Yeah. Well, she's still your incredibly awkward grandma who is yeah. very much trying to be cool but is not. But that's fine. Like that's fine. Like that's that's not she's not supposed yeah. to like quote JC lyrics or whatnot. Like she's yeah. supposed to know her shit in politics. And guess what? She does. She just, yeah. She's incredibly boring. Like as an individual, she doesn't like to do. She doesn't like to do all this stuff. She likes to do the work. Like that's that's basically her mantra for the past thirty years. Is that she just keeps working. Like she's a workaholic to the extreme. Maybe and she, get, she gets stuff done, and that's. But you're right about you're right, Michael. That for some reason, like, like my friends keep saying that they're both bad. They're equally bad. And I'm like, how are they equally bad? <laughs> There's no way in hell they're equally bad. <laughs> and then they say that, like, Quinn's a liar. But what about the other guy who lies, like, 77% of the time? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, then, so then, like, that brings it around to the other part of it. Like, what do you think is the most underrated story coming out of all of this? Uh, mm. Given yeah. the public perception of what was going on. Uh, I guess I'll go first. I have two. Um, okay. I think, I think the most, un- well, I think the second most underrated story is the rampant sexism that's, that's really been present in this election. And I think that, um, it's not been addressed. Um, and I think it's there. And I think you see that, like, I guess that's, like, I'm not saying that people demonize Hillary Clinton just because she's female, but I think, like, just being female is kind of, feeds into that. Like, I'm not saying it's the primary motivator, but I'm saying it's like a tertiary or a secondary. Um, people are just very uncomfortable with um, having a woman as a leader, and I think that in America, too. Um, and, uh, you know, it's unprecedented. She's really getting gla- glass ceilings. And um, I was watching the CNN political commentator, right? And that he, he was saying that if Hillary Clinton were to run for president and, and she had three husbands with five children between those three husbands, do you think that she could still be qualified to be president? And do you think that she'll still get 45% of the popular vote? No, of course not. There's no way in hell that's going to happen because everyone's going to say, like, she's a whore or she's a slut. Sorry for my language, but it's important. Um, You know, it's just the double standard here, and it really shows. And um, and you, you see all those shirts of the time where it's like, like, Trump that bitch or... Or, um, 
like other misogynistic claims, and it really brought that up. And so I hope that the American people can, you know, can um, can recover from that. <laughs> I think you're you're absolutely right, and I, I mean, it will live on with me forever. Like when when Rudy Giuliani, out of all people, Rudy Giuliani comes on TV and says how like Hillary could have like pro- uh, made the Bill Clinton cheating happen, and 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 that it was her fault, and that, like you know. And and then later asked like, but didn't you weren't you divorced like three times or something? It's like well you know like we all yeah. have you know, we all have like shames or I don't even remember what he called it like but and so. the locker room banter excuse like are you oh. serious like that's insane <laughs> and then the, the the same CNN political commentator said that like if a black man said the same things as Trump he would not say the locker room banter protection would not be sufficient in protection. Like, oh, yeah. They'd be shielding like, his identity. Different. They will call him a thug. Like, that's pretty much, like, if we show the same language. And you see a white guy um, say those things. And all of a sudden, like, it's okay. Right? And, and obviously, this has racial connotations. But then it just shows, like, how you can just objectify women in such a negative way. And still be, still be relatively have a chance of president. So, you know... It's it's just it's just it's there and yeah, it's not gonna it's, go it's not gonna go away after this election that's for sure. It's it's in front of our faces and it, in fact there was a, an excellent piece on uh, full uh, full friends of Latimerity where she spoke with some other uh, you know war leaders who are who are, who are female and she mentioned how I think uh, I can't recall the countries but at least one of them said uh, like she would often meet with other people or other people of importance and they would often like say hi to her assistant or her people people in her posse thinking that the guy was the actual prime minister or the actual president or whatever and that they would have to like no it's me and you know i'm mm-hmm. i'm the president like oh whoops or or that they still get comments and in, in the media or still get objectified in the media and they yeah. still get treated as less because they're women and yeah. you know it's, it's it's gross and the fact that that's gonna that's going to continue. It's, it's absolutely disgusting, but, you know. There was another, um, one thing I wanted to bring up was um, people were kind of uncomfortable in saying that, like, oh, Hillary Clinton just stayed with Bill, you know, just so he can, like, ascend her power um, into, like, the presidential ladder. And I have two things to say about that. Number one is, if you're uncomfortable with that, if you're uncomfortable with, um, you know, a woman actually planning out her rise to power... That's not creepy to me, you know. That's not that's not something that I'm scared about because that's just like, why are you scared of a woman ascending into power, right? Like, is that's not creepy. That's just like good planning, um, that, in my opinion. Um, so that's gonna be. So that's when when I hear like my social network keeps saying that like, oh, they're not even a real marriage. Well, first of all, you don't know that, and second, what's what's wrong with that, right? Like, you have your own ambitions, and you think that the best way to get in those ambitions is to stay with the guy that has cheated on you for four times. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 so that's my, so that's my kind of shtick into it. Um, it, yeah. it's kind of, it, it'd be really interesting that you can look at this from a historical point of view. Um, mm. that Hillary Clinton, if she does, get to be the next president of the United States literally defied all odds against her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like when when she keeps saying that, you know, like she's breaking glass she is breaking a glass ceiling. Like, mm. you know, I, I really believe that if you're running 
in the political office as when you're a woman, you are in increasingly huge disadvantage. Well, I guess it doesn't count for like um, other like Germany, for example, where they elect Angela Merkel for um, how many times? <laughs> <laughs> but you see that in 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 the um, United States and. Um, and um, you see it present here too in Canada, but not as much. So. Yeah, and I think not as much, but there's still a, a big, you know, yeah. like overall in the world, there's still yeah, there's still this sexism it, that's that's present, mm-hmm. and I think there's, that's just from heteronormity behavior. Yeah. There's two things that that white people would like you not to think about, and that's sexism and racism, and they're still very much present in in, in today's world. Like no matter what anyone says. Oh, that's never really going to go away. And like, if you take a look at Obama's time in office, how at first everybody was thinking, well, like racism is over because he's now president. It's like, no, that only <laughs> oh, yeah, kind of made it that. worse. <laughs> yeah, because like, yeah, yeah, because it just unveiled every racial like in like inside of everyone. Right? Yeah, so. that's the only reason why the only celebrity. Trump could get onto his campaign trail was Ted Nugent. <laughs> oh my gosh, I, I just saw that right now today. Why would he campaign with Ted Nugent in Michigan? What the fuck? Because so Ted, African American. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ted's Anyways, the only one um, that agreed, I guess. So the rampant, hey. sexism, the rampant sexism was the second. The first is probably my top underrated comment um, moment. It's probably the lack of climate change discussions and the lack of scientific reasoning. Mm, yeah. I feel like that's very, point. I think that's a very, um, that's like, there was no climate change answer, I mean, I mean, question in all three of the presidential debates, which was disgusting, which is not right, and um, which is just disqualifying. Like, like, this is insane. And, you know, climate change is, endangering us all and for some reason we can't have a national conversation about that with our two presidential candidates and you have florida who is the the most prone state to be endangered by climate change and you have the governor banning his science department of using the word climate change like this is this is insane. And well, you know that like a lot of these and you know let's not dance around the republican politicians they are on in the pockets of the Coach brothers and many other rich people who are live live off of of, uh, of making sure that people are not in prone of using alternatives that would help the planet. So mm-hmm. you know it's it's ridiculous, but you're absolutely right in that sense that there was absolutely no discussion of of of, uh, of climate change or or the the Paris Act, like the much celebrated Paris uh, meeting and. You know, like this, this is gonna change the world and whatnot. Like, mm-hmm. even even with with anyone asking Trump, like, oh, would you like go back on anything that was accorded there or anything like that? Which mm-hmm. would give him a good chance to, you know, stupidly attack Obama and say stupid deal of awful deals and blah blah blah. But luckily, we know that Hillary is, you know, 100% in following Obama's steps of, of you know cutting down on everything that is destroying our planet and. Making sure yeah. that we get some yeah. some good steps towards that. On Trump, on the other side, we know that he probably would. You know, I mean, like we saw the tweet, right? Like when was that tweet I go for that? That he's a climate change. That the 2012 tweet, and he still hasn't denied it. Like he still like hasn't rescinded <laughs> that tweet. <laughs> yeah. So, 
you know, like we 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 know where the two candidates fall. You're right that it's a damn shame that you know it wasn't a bigger part of the discussion when it's one of the biggest issues in our world. But luckily, we know that the candidate who will win, please God, please will 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 you know have an interest in mind. <laughs> yeah. What do you think of the lack of climate change discussion, Michael? I think that is a conversation that has never been had in tens of years mm. like yeah. decades I feel, I feel like that is something that happened a long time ago that people scientists were like no this is seriously a thing but the entire country of America has been very out of sight out of mind for a very long time and but, like are you are you even surprised that like uh you know, well-versed journalists wouldn't even pop in the question in a, in the debate or in, I, you know what? Post. Honestly, I think that if they had time to do it, they would. <laughs> but I'm not even, I'm not, I, I, I'm sorry that I, I, I question that in the sense of like a, in a debate. Cause yeah. that's a big stage and they obviously want to shine or, you know, not yeah. shine. Right? Like asking tough but serious questions. But, you know, on the multiple one-on-ones, on the multiple columns, on the multiple, yeah. hey, this is a big issue in the world. I actually... Where do you stand? What do you I, think? I actually am a bit surprised that it was not brought up during the town hall debate because you kind of figure that somebody, like one of those people, one of those undecided voters with a question would have a question like that. By the um, way, shout out and RIP to our, our boy Ken, Ken Bone. <laughs> His great ride. Well, was, great, yeah, great his question fall. was actually like environment, like you know, yeah, I work what, the fuels industry and the environmental regulations is hurting our industry, and like, what are you going to do about yeah, it? Yeah, and but, and like the problem with that question is that they both had non-answers for it. Well, well it's said that like, she has to, she has to um, abide to the clean air regulations because yeah. it's just important. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She she gave a real answer. Obviously, she said <laughs> by like. Ken, that's an excellent question. And are you involved with the with the environment? Do you? I think I think by by the way of your sweater, I see that you like the environment. You know, and, and that obviously puts it in the sense of you like, also look like a game. Friendly. You also look like a Game of Thrones fan. <laughs> and Trump used that as an as a way to just bullshit his way out of the the question because he had no idea what he was being asked about. And then, yeah. and then like, there was a CNN inter, uh, reporter that was interviewing the Trump supporters, and they kept saying that, like, oh, climate change is a hoax, and it was um, devised by um, Al Gore. And then he says that, like, oh, well, Al Gore made a lot of money because of those environmental documentaries, huh? And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my oh, God. That's, that's, that, is, that is insane. So... Yep, that is the number one. Well, now rated. he now he passed on the torch to Leonardo DiCaprio. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> any more way, documentaries to come? <laughs> yeah, the latest one's real good. It's on the Nagio YouTube channel, so you should check it out. Uh, but speaking yeah. of speaking of Leonardo DiCaprio, with the final question for this podcast: What is your favorite celebrity endorsement? <laughs> oh, favorite celebrity! <laughs> favorite celebrity in the it was oh. it was interesting when I when I saw Meryl Streep in the DNC like she was wearing this American flag dress and it was like what the hell <laughs> that was that is so cool <laughs> but then it was like I, I really thought it was just the American flag like dressified and 
but then that was a very interesting endorsement because you know if you're a fan of most you're probably just gonna vote for Flynn anyways so I don't know why yeah. Well, I mean, like, this is a funny question for me to ask because I, honest to God, hate celebrity endorsements when it comes to election season. Because mm-hmm. they become the most insufferable people. <laughs> oh, I remember when Kim Kardashian endorsed Trump? Oh my goodness, it was so funny. Because, like, yeah. like days after the endorsement, like, Trump ridiculed her. It was... <laughs> it was, like, the most weirdest thing ever, but... <laughs> Well, like, uh, also considering that it's the weirdest endorsement coming out of Caitlyn Jenner. And, like, I understand that Caitlyn's been a Republican for a very long time, and even after her transition, she's still going to vote for that guy. I have no idea. Which, That's like, I'm pretty oh, yeah. sure that if those two were ever in the same room together, especially now, Trump is never going to give her the time of day. Maybe even insult her to her face. Yeah. Um, but, um, so for your question, like, did you say, like, like my favorite or do you think the most powerful endorsement? Uh, okay, that could actually go either way. Um, well, I guess, like, my two most powerful endorsements, I think, in equal is LeBron James and Beyonce. I think those are two completely influential figures. Obviously, LeBron James to help with Ohio, where, where he's very popular, and Beyonce to energize millennials. Um, yeah, like, she's got, got a beehive. Yeah, she got Queen Army, and, like, <laughs> uh, will probably mobilize, like, the female uh, millennial voters. <laughs> Hopefully, and yeah. the gay And the gay millennial voters. As well. well, you know, Beyonce appeals to everyone, so. Yeah, yeah, she's a goddess. So. She's a goddess, so. <laughs> but my most favorite endorsement, hmm, I would have to say Bernie endorsing Hillary Clinton. That's probably still my, that's still my most favorite thing to do because, like, I think I got so much respect for Bernie right after that because it just shows, like, he's an incredible idealist, but he's also very pragmatic. You know, he has a vision for the future, but then he knows the steps that he needs to take, the steps that country needs to take to assert that. Mm-hmm. He does not, he doesn't believe in leap of faiths. He believes in, like, small cell steps. Um, obviously, like, Lynn is very pragmatic, but then, you know, it takes a lot of courage to, like, Concede to your opponent who has been Wall Street friendly for many years. So yeah, I, I would give them my favorite endorsement for any. Guys, two candidates fought hard, but only one of them came up and, and, <laughs> and earned this and earned this celebrity endorsement. Yes. I would say some would say the most important celebrity endorsement. Antonio Salvato Jr. formally endorsed Donald Trump at the Republican National oh, that Convention. That was so stupid. Oh, my God. <laughs> with, with a beautiful speech that just captured the mind and the spirit of the American people. Uh, um, no, I mean, come on. If you, if, I, I, the LA Times has an excellent graphic that shows public endorsements from celebrities that uh, for, for all of the candidates. It also includes for Sanders and Ted Cruz and John Kasich, even though they don't they're not in the race but you know you see the trump people and they're all crazy like it's all <laughs> crazy people i'm just i'm just gonna give you a quick quick rundown scott bio Stephen baldwin acelia banks stacy baldwin endorsed trump yeah Stephen baldwin the worst of the baldwins gary Busey, uh <laughs> jesse james hulk hogan dennis rodman kid rock mike tyson Oh, John Voight, what are you doing, man? But, you know, like, these people are insane. John Ratzenberger, really? 
Yeah, there you go. The friendly mailman from Cheers is Doris Trump. <laughs> Lots of actors are insane, so that's why they would vote for Trump. I guess so. Yeah. Man. But I would say one of the most important ones is, as you mentioned, Andrek, uh, JC and Beyonce coming out for Hillary, especially... Uh, no, LeBron James and Beyonce. Does. Well, I'm including JC. Cause oh, okay, yeah. I don't know. JC Is JC that popular? I don't know. It's a good for to come out with I his mean, Jay Z is popular by association with his wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, I, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> like, like a power couple. Yes. Oh my gosh, they're like so BFFs with the Obamas. It's insane. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they come out all the time to the White House and stuff. So it's a good, it's a good showing of transition of like. We as culture uh, setters, we approve of this of this of this candidate. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a cool question. I'm so, actually going down. Know. I'm going through this list in the LA Times, and for some reason, I'm just in awe of the Tim Allen endorsement for Kasich. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Tim Allen? Oh yeah. Because I mean, like, I forgot about him. Because out of all of the the Republican hopefuls. That if if I had to choose, I probably would have gone for Kasich. To me, oh, yeah. he seemed like the most normal Republican out of that entire bunch. But the thing You're is, is that, that he's, Cruz he's didn't just a... get to your heart. Oh, like Ted Cruz. If he, Ted Cruz is getting to my heart, it was to rip it out and eat it in front of me. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, I don't like Ted Cruz. Oh my gosh, that disrespectful green eggs and ham filibuster. <laughs> that was. That was awful. That was. Oh, and he'll do it again to 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 make sure that there's no government to 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 get a new SCOTUS. So, mm-hmm. you know, get ready for that. Um, but like, Dude, yeah, voice what, it... what the hell? I did not know that. You didn't know that? <laughs> I did not know that. He's like he was under the. I think he still basically works for Disney yeah, or ABC or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, like when you look at this endorsement. Uh, list, you just know that the majority of celebrities out there are always going to side with the Democratic people. And well, yeah, because Hollywood is so liberal. Yeah, I and mean, like when you when you look yeah. at like both uh, national conventions, like the DNC pulled out all the stops with all these short films and sing-alongs and celebrities coming out on stage and doing a little like dog and pony show for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> dog and pony show. You had Katy Perry like sing her, and you have Demi Lovato. Demi Lovato was in DNC. That yeah. Was that was interesting. Uh, but I, if, if I had to choose, like, my favorite celebrity, like, anti-endorsement, probably Susan Sarandon. Oh, oh, yeah, that was, um, she was famous for one, for one, for one month. For one Just, month. Like, every time it cut to her sitting in the crowd at the DNC, she's just so unhappy to be there. Mm-hmm. And has been, <laughs> Like super vocal, and like granted, she's also in the position that she's not really going to vote for either candidate, either one of those candidates. See Bernie or bust, Bernie or bust. Yeah. Do you see that Viggo Mortensen came out on Colbert and he said he's voting for Jill Stein? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm like, just just burn down your fucking ballot. But he's shit. he's not American though, is he? 
He's an American citizen, I think. Oh, really? Oh, okay. oh Susan Sarandon endorsed Jill Stein. Okay. <laughs> so all like the like the um the the kind of loopy uh, uh, celebrities would vote for the indies. What do you think is going on on the on the Jill Stein campaign center right now? Like, how do you think the the ambience is feeling right there? Oh, oh no, it's not doing well for Jill Stein. <laughs> it's it's like, yeah. They're probably like, just like, drinking because of wine. the Clinton campaign's machine of um, changing the message and changing the um, political climate, like really leached out her support. You know, everyone like everyone knows acknowledges how dangerous Trump is, and so therefore they're going to do everything they can to stop it. But it's, I think that John Oliver piece really, I think, hurt her though. <laughs> probably, yeah. Like for for him or for her and uh, what's his name, Gary Johnston. Gary Johnston, the guy that can't keep his tongue in his mouth. Uh, <laughs> it's it's it it is also really just got, goes to show you how powerful both the Democrats and the Republicans are. That like any other party trying to make a dent is just never going to happen. Well, they they. Well, yeah, I mean, that's how the system is created, right? They want to have first past the post so that you, there is more incentive to keep with the status quo of the parties, and that's that's usually the criticism of the FTPG. Well, with that in mind, though, do you think that this election is going to change the status quo? Yes. It's definitely um, breaking a party. Yeah, it's probably going to split the GOP in two um, because there's no way in hell they can win the election um, in 2020, if they keep disenfranchising Latino voters, and to be honest, I think they they totally kicked out a whole generation. Like, you know, as the years go by, the white um, demographic is continue going to lessen, and the young people are going to grow up, and Latino voters are still going to be uh, Latinos are still going to be immigrating to the country and going to grow up and have children, and so therefore that children grows up to voting age. It's just unsustainable for them, and you know, yeah, yeah. We can't wait till the yeah. <laughs> I think I think there there is going to be like maybe two GOPs, maybe um, the le- the crazy GOP that 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 is endorsed by the KKK, and the less crazy GOP that kind of wants that endorsement, but <laughs> not publicly. <laughs> to be honest, like, I think after this election, if Donald Trump loses, they're like the, Rep- the Re- Republicans are probably going to treat Donald Trump as like that. You know, the last airbender movie by M. Night Shyamalan. Both, by the way, approved by Paul Ryan. <laughs> like, they're, they're just not, they're just not, they're just gonna acknowledge that it doesn't exist. Like, wait, what movie did I just, no, no, does it, it doesn't need mention. Doesn't, uh, I need to talk about that, but, but if they wanna join us at our party, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, uh, um, but yeah, it's gonna be very interesting in the next. Hopefully Clinton wins tomorrow. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean, like with that, uh, I say that uh, this is going to be the end of the podcast right here. But gentlemen, closing thoughts on all this. What have you both learned about this election? There is no god. There is no god. Um, I learned something. Um, I realized, <laughs> like, you know, Bill Maher really did an emotional appeal to. To his show, he didn't make any jokes that like very rarely in his last show, and just kept pleading to everyone to like stop, don't stop Trump, right? And then like um, there was a Bush senior officer, senior official there as his panel, 
And he and Bill Moore apologized to him because he kept demonizing George W. Bush, he kept demonizing John McCain, he kept demonizing Mitt Romney, just and convinced his audience that they were the end of the world. And and then he said that that was wrong because there is it could it could get worse, you know. It could get oh, yeah. it could it could be so much worse, and you have that here. And so I think, like going forward, um, in my political thinking, there's always going to be the barometer in in my mind that said, "Well, he's not worse as Trump, <laughs> right? He's not as crazy as Trump, so he's he's viable, you know." So, um, but yeah, that's what I that's what I think. That's what you've learned. Well, that's great. I think we've come we've come far in, in this race uh, with a candidate who is solidly prepared to become president of the United States who may not may not be like everyone's favorite choice but should definitely look as the most solid choice out of a lot of other people Ex- mm. again you know Joe Biden why didn't you run damn it but anyways <laughs> <laughs> you see he, his son died yeah but there, you know, remember there was like that story in the Atlantic that his son like they secretly found out that his son told him like dad run you should do it yeah, but he can he can handle it. That's fine. That's fine, Joe. Go enjoy some ice cream. He's always but in the next so- four years. <laughs> well, the thing we've learned is that the Republican Party is really crumbling in the sense that they want to move on and focus on the issues, and I think that's capitalized by Mitch McConnell and faceless Ted Cruz claiming that you know they want to like speak about the issues on the House and the next. Uh, the next candidate for SCOTUS, like, they don't want to focus on the, on the presidency because they know they're going to lose it. And it's really remarkable that a party would focus that way in, in the sense that they still endorse the candidate and they're going to vote for him and they're going to, like, show up and everything. But they've pretty much moved on and left him to die in the sense that he's he's not going to win this thing. And, you know, it, they really try and run away and save their save themselves, which hopefully they don't, but... Again, the American voters are surprising in many, many ways. Go Latinos. Are you proud, Brian? Are you proud that you're... I'm happy. I'm happy because I know a lot of those people are running away from Mexico because they're tired of politics there. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, get political in the the actual country you're going to be in, which means don't elect the fucking clown with the stupid hair. Amen to that. (laughs) Amen to that. (laughs) Uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for this lovely podcast discussion oh, yes. about I the end totally of days. <laughs> this is it, man. This is it. We're, we're almost done. Oh, uh, yes. It feels so good to just be cathartic. Yeah. I'm actually kind of looking forward to that, even though that this is the second politics podcast that we've had, that we no longer have to talk about election things after this one. Can I talk about Canadian politics? <laughs> I mean, hey. there is. But we're also gonna have another podcast tomorrow, right? I mean. Uh, so, well, I mean, there is the. There is the regular News Friends podcast that we have to do next week, so maybe some of that will leak under this. I don't know. Uh, we can. We could probably do one like talking about like how the states came down, like what was the oh, biggest yeah, surprise fine. and whatnot. Right. And it's probably then, gonna be a black and blue surprises, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and obviously, we can like tune in and per- check in on how the Trump supporters are doing after the Clinton win. Which, you know, they'll take it very well, I hope. Yeah. Uh, well, what I can say on behalf of News Friends is that there is something happening at the Rio Theater in Vancouver. Apparently a movie theater took it upon themselves to, hey, you should watch the election over here. It'll be fun. 
we'll have alcohol. Uh, okay. So we are. Well, let me know if there's any Trump supporters. I'll be very interested in that. Uh, uh, the amount of arousal, definitely. The amount of arousal I get from elections, man. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> it's, it's 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 insane. Um, you will right. you will see it, um, Michael. Yeah. You, um, you, there get you go, excited. Michael. You get will excited. See it. We might as well just raging hard on for we, the election. We might as well just have you be the one on camera talking to people about the election you stuff. Need, then you need to have the... you need to have a live feed on the event and a live feed on Patrick's crotch. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and keep that in. Don't don't this out. Oh, oh, man, okay. Yeah. I'm going to be so... Well, look forward to next week when we talk about the aftermath. Oh, yeah, baby. Thanks again, guys. Thank you so much for keeping up with me. (laughs) Go out and vote. Just If you're American, go out and vote. And there you have it. The U.S. presidential election is over and done with. And now the American people have a new president of the United States. If you want to leave a comment on our discussion, drop us a line at mail at newsfriends.net, tweet us at newsfriendsven, and like us on our Facebook page. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, as well as our many others, please support independent media and go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash newsfriends. On behalf of Brian McGovern, Edric Dudang, and I, Michael Loic, thank you for listening.